0: Welcome to the 24th episode of Basha's Thoughts. Today, I'd like to talk to you about in what way is knowing who you are actually helpful to you? How can knowing who you are help you get out of traps of fear and suffering in an almost automatic way? And there's another theme that I want to weave into today's thoughts. And that is that the way to something is different from the fact of it or the logical understanding of it. So the how is different from the what. How do you get there? How do you best accomplish something? That how, that way may be very different from our basic understanding of what it is we are trying to achieve. And this is key in many things. This is something you can see in physical reality and beyond physical reality. See, in physical reality, let's take an example. Let's take diabetes. So diabetes is a disease diabetes type 2 something you can get with time and if you have too much sugar well then your body cannot really get rid of it and you get high spikes and it becomes really dangerous and a lot of things in your body start to deteriorate because of that so if you eat sugar you get high blood sugar so that seems very logical and as a basic understanding a person would say that well, then the logical thing is don't eat the sugar. And it's true, in a sense. If you stop eating sugar, well, then you won't be getting those spikes from the sugar, that's for sure. But is that the best way if you want to get rid of diabetes type 2? Is that your best how-to? Is that the best way to accomplish it? Certainly, there are guidelines, dietary guidelines, that indicate that and try to get you off of simple carbohydrates as much as possible so that you don't aggravate your diabetes. However, interestingly enough, if you start eating lots of carbohydrates, but you drastically reduce your fat intake, and you, for instance, go on something like a low-fat raw food diet, where you get 80% of your calories from carbohydrates, 80 or more percent, and then 10% from protein and 10 from fat, or even less. Well, if you go on a diet like that, it turns out that within three weeks, you will be off of your diabetes medication and that's a very quick way of getting rid of all symptoms of diabetes but the key here is that you have to reduce your fat intake and here you're eating fresh fruits and vegetables so it's a raw food diet and so that's natural not processed sugar or anything like that so that's very interesting so now we have a basic understanding that tells us that the more sugar you eat, the worse you get. And yet, if you eat in a very particular way and actually do have a lot of carbohydrates and sugars from fruit, well, then you actually get rid of your diabetes symptoms within three weeks. And that's the fastest that I've ever seen. Um, You can watch Simply Raw, it's a documentary that follows six people who did just that, and there are books about this that you can read. Gabriel Cousins has some, but that's not really the main topic. The idea is to see that something that we can logically look at in one way and think that to accomplish it we need to do one thing actually might require something very different in order to accomplish our goal. And so let's take a look at a couple of other examples. Some things that we may have already discussed, but we'll take a look at them quickly. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You might have heard of this one. The idea is that it's kind of like a pyramid where you have a base of the pyramid and there you have your basic needs. And your most basic need is that of air. You have to breathe. If you don't breathe within a couple of minutes, you won't be around. Then you have other needs, like water. You have to drink. If you go without water for a few weeks, well, then that's it. Then... You need to eat. If you go without food for a couple of months, you might die, and so on. And so you're moving up the hierarchy of needs. Then you will have other needs, like the need of shelter, for instance, to feel safe, protected, connection. Um, And in the very end, you have self-realization. So you could say that, well, this obviously is very logical. If you don't breathe, you never get any of the other needs satisfied. So how should you live? Well, you need to focus on always having your necessities. Yeah, your basic needs met. And only after that can you have the luxury of looking at other needs and maybe meeting those and becoming truly fulfilled. But see, the problem with that is that if you use it as a strategy of accomplishing a happy life, well, then you will have a lot of problems. See, this is how our society tends to work and uh, to a large extent. A lot of people work. Why? Because they need the money. And so they work for survival needs. Right, to meet their survival needs. So their focus is on the money, and a lot of the work is not work that comes out of joy and inspiration. It's things that they have to do. And a lot of the time, they sort of struggle through life, they suffer. So most of life is a struggle, is a suffering. But then you do get to have those wonderful moments of elation. Maybe you do get your money and you get to buy all the nice things that you wanted and for a little while you do feel really happy about it. You might have a nice apartment and you might have cool things. Awesome. But then somehow a few days pass by and you're back struggling again and suffering again. This is how our society has been programmed. And the idea is that this is based on our focus. What do we focus on? And our focus is mostly on the survival. What if you could do the opposite? What if you could start from the joy, from the highest elation, And then do, based on that, do through inspiration instead of motivation, because motivation always contains some fear of not getting it, not getting enough, or having some consequences if something doesn't happen that are not very pleasant. So what if you could start with the joy inside of you, and then you could move from and through that joy Well, then you would end up having a joyful life. And sure, there would be moments of struggle, but those would be moments. Those would not be all the time, basically. You would kind of invert this proportion of being joyous, open, happy, and struggling. The relationship would invert So that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs and um, the idea of not really focusing on survival in itself. What else? Well, we talked about being good and the idea of it being good to be good. Yes. So as an idea, as a fact, you can say that, just like Maslow's hierarchy. It's good to be good. It's good to do good deeds. This will be of benefit to you. Just like you can say, well, breathing, of course, is essential. It will be of benefit to you. Yes, yes, yes. But focusing on breathing might not really get you as far as you would really like to go in this lifetime. And so focusing on trying to be good, wanting to be good, wanting to be deserving, wanting to be worthy, now that is a trap. That is a trap that puts us into a state of fear and it connects our value to our ability to perform these good deeds. So whenever you perform these deeds, well, then you can feel good. You can allow yourself to feel good because then you are good. And this has a lot to do with our identity. See, whatever role we identify with will bring up fears because that role is always limited. Every role we can think of is limited. And those limitations will bring about fears of Maybe not having, not meeting, whatever it is that that role is supposed to meet. And so, wanting to be good puts us in this trap of fear and locks in our value to our actual performance. And we're not very happy. And we're not actually being good. Because now we're trying to perform good so that we can feel better. We're not actually performing them so that we can actually help others. And of course, we cannot allow ourselves to see that because then we would not be able to feel good. And so it becomes just this dark spiral that becomes a trap for us. Now, let's take a third example, or actually a fourth the fourth example is unconditional love. Yet another thing that we would say is something that is desired. I want to feel unconditional love. I want to have that. That seems like the most pure and spiritual and beautiful love. I want that. And the thing is that having it is beautiful, but wanting to have it has, yes, problems connected to it. Indeed, imagine if you're living your life and then your partner suddenly decides, I need a punching bag. I want to abuse someone. That's me. I feel that I want to abuse someone. Let me abuse you. And they start abusing you, using you as their personal punching bag. Well... If you say, no, stop that, you can't do that, well, then one could argue that you're not being unconditional. Well, you should love your partner unconditionally, even if they are using you as a punching bag. Otherwise, you can't really say that you love them unconditionally, can you, right? So you can even start feeling guilty for not being unconditional enough. And then you go through suffering in your life where you self-sacrifice in all sorts of ways because you want to become unconditional, because it is beautiful. It's something you wish. And yet wanting and focusing on becoming it in that way is also a trap, is something that will not lead you to the unconditional love that you're actually seeking. Hmm. So the idea here, in general, is that the best way is to not focus on whatever it is that we are apparently wanting. Because if you focus on the survival in Maslow's hierarchy, well, yes, then you will be struggling most of the time. If you focus on doing good deeds performing them, well, yes, then you will find yourself in the trap of fear and actually doing them for yourself and not for others. So you're not actually being the good person that you want to be. And if you focus on trying to act unconditionally loving, well, again, that too may put you into the trap where you self-sacrifice and whenever you self-sacrifice that always leads to problems for both persons in the relationship because it will disconnect you one from the other because the one who is doing this self-sacrifice will maybe in the moment even feel but I'm doing it for you and in the moment I feel better I feel happier because I'm actually doing it for you and I feel pure in that And yet, later on, they will start feeling the resentment. They will start feeling the anger. Or the anger will be repressed and then start coming out. And they just feel bad and feel more disconnected and feel like the other doesn't understand them. And they will create that disconnect, that suffering. The other person will, of course, notice it and respond to it. And the other person... If they love you, they will probably really not want you to be suffering for their sake. I mean, the idea of it can sound noble, but in reality, you don't really want the person you're with to be suffering in order to be with you. And you don't want your partner to be lying to you and saying, no, no, this is easy. I will do this for you while they're actually suffering their way through it. And you don't want the lies all of that will lead to disconnection and definitely not take you closer to unconditional love so what do you do i mean if you're not to focus on the things that you want in these cases right or even in the case of diabetes oh i'm not eating sugar for instance There's another way, so you have to know this other way. But what do you focus on then? How do you find what to focus on? Well, there's uh, an interesting shortcut. And the shortcut is, see, if instead of focusing on what you're wanting, you focus on who you are then you will automatically start realizing all of the above things. Well, perhaps not the diabetes, but (laughs) you will be starting to cure yourself from the lifetime of suffering and only having moments of joy. You will be curing yourself from the trap of wanting to be good, but never actually becoming really good and being in fear, and creating problems, and you will automatically be becoming more unconditionally loving, including yourself, and that is through focusing on who you are, because you are the one who is having this experience, you are not any of the things. You are not the physical body, you are not your mind, you are not your thoughts, you are none of that. Those are roles you play. So what do you think about, how do you live if you are, say, knowing who you are? So how does that appear In these three cases, say, instead of focusing on survival, what do you do? Well, knowing who you are, you live from bliss. You live from joy. And that's what you start with. So you start with the joy of who you are and then live through inspiration. Instead of doing good deeds, What do you focus on? You focus on being aware that you're actually playing a role. You are the actor here. You are not the role. You are playing the role. And so making sure you don't identify too much with the role. See, it's really interesting to note all the really good performances, all the really good performances when it comes to acting, whenever there is this underlying enjoyment of acting, enjoyment of what a person is doing, even when they're doing and portraying something that is negative, anger or fear, if underneath it all, there is the enjoyment of the actor, of the art, then the public will respond to that. That will be so much more powerful than genuine fear and anger and rage. That is not something we respond to as well. Whereas an actor that can portray it very well, but underneath all of it, there is this enjoyment that we actually want to relate to, because it's what we're doing right now. Because we are that joy, that enjoyment, that beauty, that bliss, that being and awareness is having this particular experience in this particular role maybe in a human body maybe as a particular person and so whenever we recognize the joy underneath then that resonates with us and so the idea is that instead of trying to focus on being good If we can know who we are and play the role as fully as we can, but knowing that it's a role, then it becomes so much more beautiful. And what about acting as if from an unconditional love? Well, instead of trying to commit acts of unconditional love, the idea is to tap into one's heart. And let it flow from there naturally don't try to sacrifice yourself in any way just know who you are that's the key it seems so silly but that actually resolves so many fears so many ways in which we suffer if only we could focus more on who we are than we could live much more beautiful, full lives with less fear and less suffering. Thank you for listening today. I'll talk to you in another episode. Take care.